Good morning. This is your pastor. I am so thankful for Nick and Jessica leading us in worship today. Wow, that was amazing. You know, it's it's just incredible how that God has worked out all of these details so that we can connect every week. And I am thrilled to announce the numbers since the beginning of the year have been incredible of the reach of our live stream audience. And we're reaching people in countries that we can't get the gospel message to. It's just been incredible. And today I want to finish our series on Faith Moves Our Decisions. And it's been an incredible month. I mean, a lot of people giving their lives to Christ, a lot of miracles taking place. And I'm just so thrilled with this process that we've had of of uh, coming to you weekly with a current message. The message has not changed of what we would have done if we would have been live in Rome. And uh, because of the technology and what we can do, we can speak to you from any part of the planet. And uh, so today I want you to sit back. I want you to listen. I want you to anticipate God is going to help you make one of the greatest decisions you've ever made in your life. And so today I want to read our theme verse of the month. It comes from Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verse number 22 and 23. And we use the King James Version this month and because um, it says kind of a, the message in a unique way. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Wow. You know, when you make a decision in your life, particularly the big decisions that we've talked about all this month, it is important to allow God to be a part of every one of those decisions. We have celebrated the church's most defining moments this month, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The disciples and followers of Christ in those days had to make a decision which we now know is probably one of the greatest decisions they ever got to make because it dramatically has affected our lives. So what do we do now? Was their decision. Our leader is gone. What do we do? And I'm telling you, you talk about a big decision. They had a big decision to make. So in church history, what was happening after Easter, the resurrection? What happened? In, and I want to set that up for you because in this message today, I want to be able to help point out some positions that you've got to take in order to make good decisions. So in the early days, back in those days, a couple thousand years ago, the early church was about to get started. The upper room was about to take place. It's Pentecost. It's the giving of the Holy Spirit. 
to the believers. That was about to happen when this period of time was happening. And the church was about to get started. Say, Pastor, how do we know that? The history books tell us that. The Bible teaches us that. That after the resurrection and Jesus was seen and got to speak to his disciples, he was saying, okay, now's your moment. Now's your time. And you better go do it because I'm counting on you. And I want you to know that they had to have a whole lot of faith in the message that they were about to deliver to the world because there was a whole lot of people counting on them. Jesus was counting on them. God was counting on them. So God decided we better give the Holy Spirit to empower them in order to fulfill what we're asking of them. They can't do it without anybody's help. They've got to have some help. And we're going to give them the Holy Spirit in order to help them, to empower them to do what they need to do. So, you know, that really is kind of how we sit here this moment, isn't it? We've been affected by the COVID-19, a pandemic that has reached our world. And I can tell you, as the world is anticipating going back to what was normal, I wonder if we will ever go back to what we had before. I wonder if life will be as we thought it was going to be or what it was. In my opinion, I think things will be different. And I think we in the church have got to get a little more aggressive in doing what we do. So we need to have faith to move our decisions. You say, Pastor, now you're actually asking us to go to action. Yep, I'm asking us to go to action. We've seen the power of the cross. We've seen the power of the resurrection. We've seen salvation in our lives and how it has transformed us and has changed us. And I want us to know today, I want you to know that God's got a big plan for each of our lives. And it's up to us to decide what we're going to do about it. So I want to read a, uh, another portion of scripture that I think kind of sets us up for what God's really asking. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17 is the beginning of it, and I'm going to read through verse 21. It'll be on the screen there so you can follow, but um, our tech kids will load it there on the side so that you can get out your, your technology because I really want you to know this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning with verse 17, and I'm going to read this one in the NIV version. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God has made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now you say, Pastor, I remember I've been watching you and you used that a few weeks ago. I talked about the ambassadorship, uh, being an ambassador of Christ and for Christ. And that as Jesus goes away into heaven, he said, listen, don't worry, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do what you need to do. I'm telling you today that God has set this plan up. He wanted to establish the New Testament church. He wanted the church to keep going. Why? Because he, because he wanted people to continue to be reconciled or brought in right relationship to God. That was the plan. That was the plan from the beginning. And if we can get that concept through our heart and our mind, then we understand that if, if we're new in Christ, if we give our lives to Christ, the creation is coming. The change, what, what that means is the change is going to happen. You say, how can I be an ambassador of Christ? I've been so bad for so long. I've, I've made so many bad decisions for so many years. I've lived a lifestyle that was so vile. How can God use me to reconcile others back to God? How can he do that? Because he loves us. Because he cares so much about us. Because he is recreating us. The old is gone and the new is coming. That's another translation or another version of that same portion of scripture. The old, this sinful man, the sinful nature is gone. Remember, we were once dead in trespasses and sins. We were. Our, our life was, it was existing, but it was dead. Then Christ, who rose from the grave, made us become new when we accepted his message of grace. Man, if you could see me in Rome, I would have danced a little bit, but because of the technology, I don't want to knock something over today, but that excites me because I've seen the wayward son. I've seen the prodigal. I've seen the person that seemed like they were so far gone and wasted in their life and made so many mistakes, come to an altar of prayer and give their life to Christ and their life was changed Forever. I have that kind of a story. Christ changed my life. You may be sitting there today listening to this pastor and saying, man, I had that story. And now I'm a new person in Christ. The old is gone. And as we all know, he's still working on us, right? He's still having to make some adjustments in our life. And, and that's okay. Because as long as we live, there's going to be some adjustments so if we're going to let faith move our decisions in our life, 
now that you understand what God's process will be, then I've given, I'm going to give you two points today. Point one has two parts, and point two has one part. So that as you can follow along, the points will be up there on the screen. My point number one is to follow the instruction. Say, Pastor, that's very simple. Yeah, but some of us don't do good at following instructions. Some of us hear the instructions, we read the instructions, but we don't necessarily do the instructions. You know, sometimes in our lives, we've just got to uh, give ourselves up and say, okay, I'm going to do it the way God's asking me to do it. I'm not going to do it the way I want to do it. I'm going to do it the way God wants me to do it. So here, here's what part one says. The Bible gives us the direction. You say, there you go again, using the Bible. Yeah, it should be our blueprint. It should be our direction piece. It wants to do it in every aspect of our life. And if you've been watching this series, and if you've not watched this series, maybe right now would be a good time to encourage you there at our website to go back, not right now, but later on this week, go back and listen to the God that loves you so much is extremely practical. I gave you a very practical list last week. I was the teacher pastor last week to try to help us know that the things that God is going to do in our lives are very practical. So here are some of the things that I think and I believe that God will do. He'll give us peace. Now I'm going to start with peace and I'm going to end with peace. Because if you have peace in your life, life is a whole lot easier. If you don't have peace in your life, life is going to be difficult. Peace comes from God. So as we start this little section here of uh, part one, I've used the word peace on purpose. Because I want you at the end of your day to be able to put your head on your pillow and have peace of mind. I want you when you're making your decisions in your life to have peace of mind. Second thing is provision. God wants to provide for you. He wants to take care of his children. For some of you, you receive provision from some not so specified uh, places in the last number of weeks, not so uh, normal situations. You've received some things that you thought, where did that come from? In certain situations, some governments have helped. In certain situations, some churches have helped and given to the needy and given to us that have some needs. You know, it's amazing how God worked those kind of things out. Here in America, I've been watching have a number of churches have almost every week given out food to anyone that wants food. And I'm not just talking about a little bit of food. I'm talking about a lot of food. Because some families at this moment need some help. But that provision is coming because God wants to take care of his children. Part of that is for us in our decision process we got to provide. So we get a job and we do some things in order to provide. In order for that to happen, a lot of us had to go to college. So in that process of number one, you've got to choose a college. It's a decision. It's a big decision. 
And you got to choose, how do I get a job? And where do I get a job? And what kind of job do I want? I got to work hard. I got to stay committed. I got to be creative. You know, it's amazing that some of the next steps that we're going to make that I gave you in the listing last week was one of the things I said was choosing a spouse. You talk about a big decision, that's a big decision. And I can tell you right now, I chose a good one on the chat on the spouse department. Wow. Pastor Jennifer, she's amazing. And now after 41 years of being married, I, I, I look back and say, that was a hard decision way back then. But I'm glad I made that decision. And some of you are sitting there today and I want you to look over at your spouse and say, man, I made a good decision. I made a great decision. I'm going to look over at Pastor Jen today and say, I made a great decision. See, those things help you in your processes. Next thing is, how am I going to raise my children? Let me tell you, we raised three daughters and we needed a whole lot of wisdom because each of them was different. Each of them needed some different things. And we had to have wisdom. We needed God to help us to be good parents. Some of you may be saying, well, how do I get all these blessings? I want you to know it starts with that relationship with Christ. How how can I get peace? There we go back to the very first word. Peace comes from God. Peace is God. He is our peace, the Bible says. So in all those processes that I just mentioned again, and I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message on that part because practicality in God is important. God's a very practical God. And he does things to help us in an everyday way. But I want you to know those come from the Bible. Everything I've said comes from the Bible. So if you would read the Bible, you would see that God has got this great blueprint for our life. I've called it on the screen, God's blueprint for life. Man, that was brand new, wasn't it, Pat? No, that's been said before, but I want you to know it really is our blueprint. So part number two of number one, be part of God's family in his church. You get to choose that. You see, the church and the Lord have left us the instructions or have given us the instructions of what to do. One of the things that Jesus said to his disciples and followers right then as he was leaving the earth. He said, listen, I want you to get this gift. I'm leaving you a gift. And I want you to go to this upper room. I want you to find this place and I want you to get yourselves together. And I want you to wait there until you receive the gift. Now, for some of us, anxious people, that would be extremely hard to go and wait without any definition except the word wait. Anybody with me? Raise your hands. I see see in your living rooms and your office right now, raising your hand. Some of you would have a struggle saying, all of the direction I got is to wait. Listen, my friend, those approximately 120 people on that day waited because God told them to wait. And I'm so glad they did because that day they received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was then 
the agent, the person that helped propel this message of peace and hope to the world. Wow, that's amazing to me. You see, these instructions come from the blueprint. It's from the Bible. They are there for a reason. And the Bible says in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses to the world. Wow, that was written. And if it's written, then that means it's going to come to pass. You are going to get power. The Holy Spirit gives you power to do and to say what he's asking you to do and to say. Now, I want you to know that as this is being translated, I thought a long time about that section right there. Because so many people say, what do I do next? I've given my life to Christ. I believe in a risen Savior. I'm telling you, do what the New Testament church decided to do. We decided, they decided, I didn't live back then. They decided we're going to obey what God says. And God says, you need the Holy Spirit. So I want you to go to the upper room and receive my gift. Wow. You know, Jesus knew that in order to walk this walk and talk this talk, we're going to have to do a whole lot more than ourselves. You say, well, pastor, you just said I was a new creation. I said, you are being created. Let's make sure we're telling the truth here. We are still being worked on. We are still imperfect people that God is choosing to use. And and I want you to know that that is so important. But God knew that there had to be a blueprint. So he wrote out the blueprint. The first part of the blueprint was, I need you to have this gift. Here's the second part of that blueprint. It comes again from the Word of God, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Again, I'm going to read in the NIV version. Verse number 42, Acts 2, 42. They, meaning the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, if I don't tell you anything else, if I don't say anything else, <clears throat> that had to be the end of the message right there. That is your blueprint for church. Say, how you lead a church, how you direct a church, the basis for a church. Yeah, uh, that is it. See, God was establishing the church and and the book of Acts, I call it the book of action, is the setup for directing what we're supposed to do. So they devoted themselves. That means the people. To the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. So let me finish that portion of scripture so you're hearing the whole story. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. In other words, miracles were starting to take place. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Oh, 
church. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That means enjoying fellowship of believers. I can't wait to get back to ICF Rome. I'm telling you, friends of our church there in Rome, it's going to be great. We're probably going to have people fly in from all over the world because now they're a part of our church and they're saying, wow, look what God has done because we've missed each other. We've been away from each other for a period of time. But I want you to know that that when we look at God's definition of this New Testament church, we broke bread in their homes. Man, that's kind of amazing. We've been doing that. Next week, for us, we celebrate the Lord's Supper, the first Sunday of the month. Next week, we will serve communion live, stream right here, just like we've done each month. Praising God, verse 47. I want you to hear the last of that verse. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Here's the ending. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. There we go again. The reconciliation component, the part of getting back to God. See, man is lost. Until they accept Christ, they're still lost. They're aimlessly wandering around the planet. But they're lost. They need Jesus. They need to be reconciled back to God. They need to accept Jesus as their Savior. See, part one and part two, if you haven't figured it out, it goes together. Because God is very practical. But He's building His church. And He's choosing to use people just like you and I to build the church. And this is the components of the church. So if you didn't get that this time, reread and re-listen to that thing. If you want a blueprint for how we govern ICF Rome, there it is. I've been using this blueprint since the very beginning of our ministry. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. There's the teaching of the word. There's prayer. There's miracles. There's fellowship. There's praising God, which in that term nowadays we use the word a little bit more, praise and worship. But all of those components of a church leads to salvation, leads to God adding. We're not saving people, God's saving them. We're just getting to be his ambassadors, his messengers to give forth the word, to speak the word. So that leads me to... Number two, to be his ambassador. You just said that. Well, I write my sermons, so I know what I was about to say. To be the ambassador is my number two. The Bible gives us the instruction on being the ambassador. Just like he gave the instruction for the New Testament church and how the church is supposed to be set up and governed and everything else that's there in the Bible. But 2 Corinthians 5, 19 The ending of verse 19 and verse 20 says it like this. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Remember, I read this earlier. We are therefore Christ's 
ambassadors. In other words, you, because you accept Christ, you get to be his ambassador. Really? Say, I've only been serving God a week. You're still his ambassador. I've been serving God for 20 years. You're God's ambassador. And as if God was making his appeal through us. What's the appeal? Jesus changed my life. He'll change your life. See, if there's something we've all learned from this virus, COVID-19, I'm talking about the world. This virus has rattled our world. And there's been a whole lot of people that have died because of this virus. There's been a whole lot of people that have gotten sick because of this virus. There's been a whole lot of families that have been affected by this virus. And the one thing that we've probably all learned is that life is short. And that we should appreciate the life that we have. You know, if we appreciate the life we have, we will make sure that we're being what God is asking us to be. He's asking us to be his ambassador. He's asking us to step forward and do what he's asked us to do all throughout scripture. For people who don't have Christ in their life, maybe you're watching today, you're saying, God's not helping me. Well, you've not asked him to help you. They need someone to tell them that God will help them. And all of us know someone on this planet that needs someone to help them. And if we would help our brothers and our sisters and our people that we work with and colleagues and classmates, if we would help them, you say, Pastor, how can I help them? Give them the message. I implore you today, give them the message that will change your life. You say, Pastor, you're so passionate about that right now. I'm telling you, this virus should be a wake-up call to the world. Life is short. And if we're truly going to be the New Testament church, we have got to be God's ambassadors. And we have got to be more aggressive than we've ever been in our life. We cannot just sit back idly and say, this has not affected us. It should affect us. People have died. Families have been torn apart because of what has happened through a virus. If there was ever a moment for the church to say, here's our moment. It's the world pandemic. It didn't say it was one country's pandemic. It was the world pandemic. And because of that, here's our moment, church, to say we will be Christ's ambassadors. We will be diligent in order to get this message out. But also welcoming. It's just one thing to get the message out, but we've got to be welcoming to the people that accept the message. And caring for them. And compassionate to them. And do what the New Testament church is asking us. To be steadfast and to pray and to fellowship and to do what we need to do. 
Use the New Testament model that I read to you earlier as your premise, as your basis. Or if you want to be part of God's family, if you want to be a part of the New Testament church, I want you to know you've got to be faithful to God. And God is asking you. He's, he's, he's asking you with an urgency. Go and tell. Get the message of hope out there. So I'm inviting you to make sure that the message is getting out. I'm the pastor and I'm inviting you. Say, I've been waiting for somebody to ask. I'm asking you. Get the message out. Use these live streaming platforms, these live streaming options that we have from our church. Send the message to other people. Examples, last week, people were watching because someone in our church connected them. And South Sudan had a number of people watch. They're watching today. There was a group of people in Peru. There was a group of people in Ecuador. There was a group of people in Copenhagen that were watching. They got themselves together. There was many people that were watching in India. And I could keep going on and on and on, but they were getting the message out. Someone had to share. That's the punch the button on your computer, on your phone. Someone had to pick up a phone and make a, make a call. So maybe right now you ought to be looking right there on your tablet and you need to press the button. And you want to share it. You want to give the thumbs up. You want to say you like it. You want to make a comment that says, man, this message needs to be heard everywhere. Do it. Blow it up. And I asked you a few weeks ago to tell a neighbor, Ask someone to join you for Easter Sunday. Those numbers went from around 200,000, 180,000 to 400,000. I'm employing every one of you. Now that you have joined us from all over the world, I believe we could get to a million a week. You say, Pastor, you are, you have gone way out there now. Listen, God needs the world saved. And if we're going to use these kind of platforms and tools, let's do it. Jesus answering our key verse. I love it. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain. You say, Pastor, what's the mountain? It's the mountain of sin. It's the mountain of those that have never heard. Do you know we've got people on this planet that have never heard the name Jesus? Never. We are Christ's ambassadors. We have platforms now that can get this word out. You say, well, I don't know everybody. Listen, they know somebody. If you press the message button on your Facebook Live, your live stream, your YouTube, if you press that, you will be amazed at how far that goes. And who knows, by you just simply pressing a button and saying a prayer, God, will you help us today as we share this good news? What will happen? Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. That mountain sin can be gone. That mountain that we can't do it can be gone. That message that the church is gone can now be brought to life. 
See, I believe church is going to be different when we reunite together. We're going to get more aggressive on doing what God's asking us to do. We're, we're going to be the ambassadors that Christ wants us to be. That 2 Corinthians 5.20, it'll be on your screen there again, that verse I gave you earlier. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. You talk about a decision. I've already made up my decision. We are going to do more than we've ever done before to reach your sons and your daughters, to reach your relatives, to help your colleagues, to help people from other countries that they may be your, your family extended and still in another country. We're going to do more. You say, well, pastor, what do I do now? Besides pressing the button, I want to give you two, two lines. I want you to say to that person, God loves you. That's all. And second, I want you to say, God has a plan for your life. That's it. See, I believe today, this is one of those history-making moments for you. What happens this year after Easter was kind of my subtitle, What Happens? What happens after COVID-19? What's going to happen? I believe that if we get aggressive in doing what God has asked us to do, we can reach our world with this gospel message. The message that God loves you and has a plan for your life. So it's easy. Point one was follow the instructions. Point two, be as ambassadors. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, verse number 15, says this. Go everywhere and tell everyone the good news. My friend, today you may have listened to this message and you say, man, you don't know my life. I'm one of those people that need to be recreated. I've messed up so much. Well, I can tell you, God's about to change your life. I'm going to say a prayer with you that will change your life forever. And all you have to do is believe in your heart. Say, it's that easy. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross so that we can have forgiveness of sins. And I'm going to say a second prayer for everyone that's watched today that loves God. I'm going to pray that God impresses you strongly. If I can use those words, impress upon you strongly that he needs you to be his ambassador. So Lord, today, for those that are asking you to come into their heart and into their life. God, I pray you change their life. Will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I will stop doing because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just said that prayer, welcome to the family. It's a, it's a big family. And I want, I want to help you. As a pastor, every week in our church, we have people that come forward and they give their lives to Christ, and we ask them to write their name on a card. I'm going to ask you to send us a note. There'll be some links there 
at the end of this message that you can find our webpage and our email address. And I want you to personally say, Pastor, my name is, and I've just given my life to Christ. I'm going to point you to our website, and there's some Bible discipleship things that you can do, you can receive. It's called Network 211, and we put them in there to help you now. Not only am I going to pray for you, and I've got people that will pray with me for you, but we're going to encourage you through studying the Bible. And the third thing I want you to do is, if you don't have access to a church right there, I want you to join our family through these live streams. There's a lot of advertisement of how that can happen, but just just focus in on that. My second prayer today is for God impressing strongly. Lord, I want everyone that has heard this message today to understand that this is your heart. This is your desire that they go and tell. God, you are a good God. You're a good, good father. And you have done so many good things. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you give us the ability to get this message out. And God, I pray that we will have a strong urgency that time matters, that life is short, and we will be faithful to get this word out to the highways and the byways and the strangers and people that we may not even have any knowledge of who they are through technology, God, through our family members, a conversation. God, I just pray we will do what you've asked us to do. God, I'm looking forward to the harvest of souls and the church increasing daily, those being saved. I love you, Lord, and I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, friends, I'm so grateful that you've listened to this message. You've heard my heart today. I couldn't wait. God kind of gave me this message at the beginning of the month. And I knew I had to wait to the end of the month to deliver it because we had to get to Easter. You had to understand the basis. But we had to get to this, this message today. And I, I'm so glad I got to deliver it to you. And I want you to send us some notes. You can do it through the Facebook Messenger right there. You can send the emails to our church. We get all of those right here where we're at. And um, I want you to know that uh, we love you. And we're going to be praying for you. I want to invite you next week. We will be serving communion. You don't want to miss next week's message. It's going to be great. We start a new series for you next week. And I I want you to know that God has set this whole thing up for us. And, And I want you to know the time that God has slated for us to give these kind of messages is in his perfect timing. Some of you may be thinking today, man, when is this thing going to be over? Listen. God holds our future in his hands. So let's just sit back and have his peace rest upon our, quit worrying, quit fretting. This is your pastor talking to you. Just get in there. Join us for our prayer meeting on Wednesday night at seven o'clock. That basis is Rome time. And then whatever time you are in the world, it's a thousand people or more joining us around the world to pray. (laughs) That's incredible. It's a powerful night. You don't want to miss that. One last thing I want to say is about our faithfulness in our giving. See, God keeps blessing us 
So we need to be givers, generous givers. And on the screen now, there'll be some information for you to give online. They are, in Italy, we use bank transfers. And that's just how it's done. And it's not that hard. Once you've done it once, it, it seems very easy after you do, for the next time. So I want to encourage you, be faithful in your giving. And as one of our leaders said when we first started this uh, epidemic situation, we, we said that there are some people that they don't have the bank accounts and they don't operate that way. Well, I hope you've done what she's asked us to do is just stick our funds in an envelope and when we eventually get back together, we're, it's going to be just a great day, great day in God's house. It's coming. Don't worry. God's got this. And I love you. Pastor Jen and I are praying for you. We pray you have a great week. God bless you.